Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you and welcome to our dedicated golf show, a uh, big part of SEN now. Week in, week out, we discuss everything that's going on in the world of golf and there is plenty to get through. Live to it, yes. Plenty to talk about there. We will reveal to you the number that was thrown at Tiger Woods to get him to play in that tour that will just have you go weak at the knees. Uh, and, of course, there's a big announcement today from the PGA in response, essentially, to what Live Golf are doing and how their season 2022-2023 will look. Plenty of great results for our Aussies uh, around the world in various tours, uh, but we're going to start off with Tony Finau and what a massive week it's been for him. But before we get to all of that, we need to welcome the main man, uh, the only one, the only person on the planet <laughs> with a two-zip record against the great Tiger Woods. I speak, of course, of the former world number 16, Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. I never get sick of hearing that, Sam. That's uh, it's a great introduction. I never great get sick of chat. saying it. <laughs> so I can only imagine, as you who lived it, um, how it must feel to hear it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, that's for sure. There will never be a third time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. There's, there's Masters tours. There's, you know, he might come out for a view. You know what? He might be lying awake one night in bed just with an itch that he needs to scratch. And he's like, you know what? I'm flying to Australia tomorrow. I'm ringing Nick Ahern, and I want redemption. Yes. I want payback. Something tells me he's not, you know, he doesn't need to scratch that itch. Don't worry. <laughs> where, where would you take him? If he if he said to you, Nick, this is keeping me up at night. You're the only person on the planet that's beaten me, got a 2-0 record against me in match play golf. I want you and me, one-on-one, anywhere you want in Australia. Where are you taking him? Definitely somewhere he's never played. Uh, and yeah. somewhere that's cold. Did we speak about this before? I can't remember. But um, it'd have to be somewhere like a Royal Melbourne or a Kingston Heath. You've got to go to one of the great courses and, yeah, let's just see what happens. Something where you don't have to be long, put it that way. He would never have seen Cathedral. No, it's exactly right. Absolutely. Let's go to Cathedral and yeah. get up there. Awesome. I'd love that. Make him walk too. <laughs> we, 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 if, if this show keeps reaching the heights that I, I think it will... Surely we'd have the sway eventually Surely. to be able to make that happen. <laughs> uh, heaps to get through. We'll speak about Tiger, of course, coming up. Uh, Nick Ahern's uh, tip of the week as well. We'll conclude the show. What's in the bag? Where he'll just talk about a piece of equipment that you need to have in yours that he has in his. But um, why don't we start with the man that we started off with last week? Uh, Tony Finau. What a seven days it's been for him. He moves to 13th in the world, Nick. His second PGA win in seven days, fresh off the 3M Open win. He's won the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Five-shot win over uh, Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Young, uh, who was second at the Open, and we'll talk about him in just a moment, and Canadian Taylor Pendrith, um, a five-under 67 at 26-under, the lowest tournament score in history. Three million bucks in the last seven days he's earned, a U.S., He's on fire. That'll work, won't it? And as they say, there's no better time to win again, and, and basically after the first time you've won pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're hot, you're hot, and you just try and keep that role going. And I'm sure that next week he'll be thinking the exact same thing. Let's, let's just keep rolling with it. But, you know, his form has been you know, unbelievable of late. Obviously, the two wins, he's won three times in the last 11 months. He was known as someone who couldn't close for quite a while. Yeah, he, he was over a real bridesmaid, wasn't he? Yeah, and over 200 starts, he'd only won... Uh, I think twice, and then all of a sudden he's doubled that tally in two weeks. So mm. he's, he's he's an amazing player when he gets hot, and he's fun to watch. He, a great, I love 
watching him hit strike the ball. He's got he's a, a unique. I mean, I think if you are just glancing at the TV and you see him set up over the ball, you can automatically pick. Oh, that's Tony Fee now mm. about to hit. So he's got that sort of tall, very, quite languid, very athletic. I hear yeah. he's. I hear he'll take down anyone on the basketball court on the PGA Tour. He's mm-hmm. he's that good. But he is a shooter. He says he can't post up and uh, <laughs> and hang with the guys, you know, at the low post. But um, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was a hoping for another good uh, performance from the Aussies this week. Cam Davis was our best. You know, Tennis mm. tied fourteen. He was actually a defending champion here. Yeah, he won last year, so he went it with some really good form. But you know, the guys that finished second, Taylor Pendrith, him and Tony Finau both tied going into the last round. Tony just drew away from him. Taylor just was stalled all day, unfortunately. Yeah. Couldn't get it going, but he did finish in a tie for second, along with um, Patrick Cantley, who's, you know, quietly going about having just a phenomenal year. You know, we haven't really heard much of him since he won that FedEx Cup last year. But uh, He was the Tour Player of the Year last year. Yeah. Um, so came into this season, and a lot of people had him circled as, this will be my guy this year. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's, you know, he was known as a, you know, I guess, I guess a... A bit of an assassin last year, you know, in, yeah. in golf tournaments where he just put you away uh, towards the end. He's had three runner-ups this year. He did win in New Orleans, which was a team event. Yeah. So he's sort of quite, you know, he's putting together a fantastic year for sure. And then the other guy, Cameron Young, he's the one that's so impressive, Absolutely. isn't he? Seven top threes this year, five runner-ups, including at the Open. And for me, he's going to be Rookie of the Year. No one's had five runner-ups in a season since VJ in 03. VJ. Yeah. yeah. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Was. It was. And so I, th- I think you're 100% right with the Rookie of the Year. Just on Finau, so three men in the last seven days, that's over 30 mil in his career, 41st all-time on the PGA all-time money list. So You've got a fair way to go before he gets the 120 million, <laughs> the Tigers won on the PGA Tour. He uh, leapfrogs our very own, uh, in these names you'll know, Appleby, Ogilvy. Um, third year in a row that he's got over 5 million. That just goes to show how consistent he's been with that winning. That if you are 41st all-time on the money list, but yet you've only got four PGA wins, then he, he has so been so consistent without being able to achieve what I think a lot of people... for. I mean, he was top 10 for a fair while in 2018. He was mm-hmm. ninth in the world. He's got himself back to 13th and within striking distance of the top 10. Yeah, he certainly has. And, and the PGA Tour, in a way, can be a bit of a breeding ground for players like that, where you have consistent play over a number of years. I mean, the one player that really comes into my mind in that regard is Charles Howell III. Now, he actually just went to the Live Tour last week. He signed on. We'll, we'll get onto that a bit later. But uh, Charles Howell III, he's been playing for about 23 years over there, only won three times, and I know he's won more than $40 million. So mm. it's just an amazingly consistent, long career, and, and that's achievable on the PGA Tour. Family was a big theme for mm. Tony throughout the last couple of weeks. And Five kids, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and he so th- he marks his balls with their initials that, that he uses throughout the course of a tournament. Uh, and this was him after his second win in seven days. Who do you hope these wins are inspiring? Yeah, hopefully the next generation, and especially my son back home. Trace Boy. It's for you, big dog. Um, you know, my kids, they see the work that dad puts in the sacrifice that i make for our family the time that it takes to be great at something and it means everything to me that my kids can watch me not only fail but they watch me win as well and that's what it takes to be a champion i know jace is following in your footsteps in so many other generations as well congratulations on this victory thanks madam i think the the quote that came out of that interview for me i heard earlier he said some something along the lines of a winner is just a loser who kept trying 
and that's me to a T because he has played so mm. many events over there, come so close, so many runner-up finishes, and he just kept persevering and persevering. And the big thing was that he just never gave up. And he's the player that now you can sort of sense the floodgates have opened and look out. Does he have a majors game for you? Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he has that power off the tee, phenomenal touch. Uh, he just needs that little bit of confidence closing tournaments out. And now that he's figured out his secret source of how to mm. win, uh, I definitely see him contending in the Masters coming up and, and all the big ones. I mean, he, he has the game for it for sure. Yeah, it's his highest ranking, as I said, since 20. 20- 18. What about the Aussies? So you mentioned Cam Davis, his fourth top 20 finish in a row. He's within striking distance of a FedEx uh, Cup playoff berth. Uh, and what about our other Aussies? Yeah, well, that's the big thing. I mean, we've got two weeks to go. Uh, this was the second last event before the FedEx Cup playoff start. Wyndham Championship coming up this week. Uh, Cam moved up 10 spots to 61, so he's secured. He's in the top 125. That's the mark you want to be. And he's putting together a really solid season with five top 10s, four top 20s in his last four starts, which is very consistent golf. Jason Day moved up 11 spots in the FedEx Cup. He finished in a tie for 17th there at the Rocket Mortgage. Adam Scott, we thought he had a goal for a while, finished in a tie for 37th. Unfortunately, his third round of 78 killed him. Uh, he finished off well, but uh, yeah, wasn't the consistency he was round, after. But that yeah. third round. Oh, it killed him, yeah. And unfortunately, a few Aussies missed the cuts. Aaron Badley, um, Jeff Ogilvie was over there playing another event. He's playing a few events just to sort of keep him going. He hasn't played a tour event over there in the US in four years, but he's he's popped up for a bit of uh, maybe scratching that itch we were talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, Brett Drewitt, unfortunately, missed the cut as well. And then Cameron Percy had to withdraw for injury. Uh, so, great story, Tony Finau. Um, he's got Tongan and Samoan background, so, you know, diversity in golf has, hasn't, you know, been... Um, hasn't been there uh, over the years as, as it is starting to now. So, you know, the whole idea of if you can see it, you can be it. So what that means for, you know, people of all different backgrounds to, to be able to pick up a golf club. Growing uh, the game, as they say. Yeah, growing the game. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, Ladies Scottish Open, first ever win uh, on the, um, well, LPGA win because mm. this was a co-sanctioned event in the women's. Uh, I've got to get the pronunciation right here. Japan's Ayaka uh, Fudaway is how... Pre- pretty good. Is, is pretty good because <laughs> it's spelled F U R U E, and I was yeah. watching the coverage going a foot foot away. I used to speak a bit of Japanese did myself. You? Of well, you did. when I was teaching <laughs> teaching Japanese golfers, and yeah. in my you know very limited experience, it would be Ayaka Furue. There we go, Furue. That, that, that would be the way that you would say it. A uh, three shot win over uh, Celine Boudier from France. Um, what about our Aussies? Aussies did, uh, you know, they were there or thereabouts. Minji Lee and Hannah Green were the only two to make the cut. Tied yep. 18th and tied 34th, respectively. A few of them missed the cut, unfortunately. But I was I was so impressed with Fruwe's last round. 10 under par. Four better mm. than, the, than the next best on the day. 62 she shot. Uh, 21 under total. She's basically going to be rookie on the LPGA. That may help her rookie of the year chances. Uh, the interesting thing about her, though, is she's a rookie, but she's also a seven-time winner on the Japanese Ladies PGA mm. uh, Tour over there. So she's an experienced campaigner. Strong, strong tour. Last year, she was player over the year, player of the year in Japan. So she's got plenty of games. Yeah. She's only twenty-two years old. So a big future in front of her. Uh, it's a lead-in, of course, uh, to the last major of the year on on the women's tour, the AIG Women's Open. This will be at Muirhead uh, Golf Club in Scotland. I know you've got some history here. Uh, in just a moment. But just from an Australian point of view, a little bit of history. So obviously with Cam Smith winning the 150th Open Championship, it gives us a chance, and we're as well-placed as we could ever have been, Nick Ahern, to have this happen again. Only once, and it was in 1993 when Norman won the Open at Royal St. George's. Karen Lunn won at Duke's course, uh, Woburn, 
Golf Club. That's the first time Aussies have won both the men's and women's. Now, that mm. was a year before that the Women's Open was actually considered a major. But this year, we've got Minji Lee, world number two, Hannah Green, number 17, Steph Kiriakou, Whitney Hillier, who are outside the top 100. Um, and Minji Lee currently leads the Arnica Major Award for the best major performer, major tournament performer for the year. Has been top five in the past two Women's Open, looking to join... Um, looking to join uh, a couple of, um, well, uh, greats of the game in, in Lan and Webb and uh, in Dibna as well. So we're pretty well placed. Yeah, we certainly are. Minji Lee, um, you know, if she wins this tournament, she goes to number one in the world as well, which is a big, big mm. thing for Australian golf. And she's playing some of the best golf I think we've seen. She had a nice finish at the Scottish Open, shot a 68 in the final round. She's probably just gearing a game up, mm. getting ready for this one. Murfield is... An interesting golf course and an interesting club, for that matter. Why I did is that? A, I did a bit of research on it. They, they call themselves the Honourable Company of Edinburgh Golfers, which is an interesting way to describe yourselves. Yep. Um, they've had, held 16 men's Open champions, Open Championships. The last one was 2013 when, uh, when Ern, uh, sorry, Phil Mickelson won. In 2002, it was a bit of a sore spot for Australians because uh, Ernie Els beat, uh, let's see, it was Steve Elkington and Stuart Appleby, and a four-man playoff, yep. if you remember that. But... The interesting thing about Murfield in recent years... That was your Curry Webb one uh, well, on the women's. There yeah. you go. In 2016, they voted against women joining. Now, this club is 207... When? In what year? 2016. <laughs> so they, ha they haven't had female members ever since 1744 when the club was started. Wow. The honourable company of the Edinburgh Golfers. Company. That's why I'm a bit questionable on the honourable. Yeah. But anyway, to be fair, as it turned out... About 64% of the members did vote in favour of it, but you need a majority. You needed two more votes, basically. And uh, a couple of, uh, they, they re-voted straight away because what happened is the RNA said, right, if you're not letting female members in, we're going to take the open off the rotation for Mirfield. Yeah, that so would they voted tend to straight... get you in the voting booth again exactly, pretty quickly, yeah. I would have thought. And I think what really tipped them over was the, um, the general manager there started getting hate mail from local schools saying, uh, why do you hate women so much? Now that's that's a pretty fair, fair question, a pretty big tipping point. So they they did the vote again, got eighty one percent, and now there are twenty female members. But that's you know a little bit of history there. But I can't wait for this tournament to start. Lynx Golf. Some say it is the best course in the world. It doesn't say that on the rankings, but I hear it's just I haven't played there myself. Unfortunately, I was right. injured the year I should have played. Maybe you weren't deemed honourable enough. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, can't uh, wait for it to get back there. We are really well placed, and, and how special would that be in the year that Cam Smith has won the Open Championship? Can Minji Lee, Hannah Green, Steph Kiriakou, or Whitney Hillier, our four Aussies in action uh, at the AIG Women's Open uh, this weekend? Um, just a couple of other little results. Hero Open on the DP Tour, Fairmont St Andrews in five. This is the other uh, St Andrews course. Uh, USA's Sean Crocker, his first DP Tour win. Just shy of €300,000. One-shot win over England's Eddie Pepperell. Uh, and three shots clear of Scotland's David Law, who actually won the Vic Open here in 2019. Uh, Aussies? Yeah, a bit of a struggle. Seven, seven mm. Aussies played. Only one made the cut, unfortunately. Dimi Papadatis. Um, but to be fair, the cut was six under par. Is that right? Six under par. So That's the cut. Uh, yeah, imagine shooting 69, 69 on a par 72 course and you get packing your bags. That's the thing about professional golf. If you don't perform... Wow. Um, sorry, 6970, because that's five under. You miss by one. But if you don't perform, you're, you're packing your bags and you're going home. And that's the allure of what we're going to talk about in a little while with this Guaranteed Money event. Absolutely. So there's massive news coming out of the PGA. We're going to start talking about that mm. on the other side of the break. Live Tour as well is on the agenda. You can contribute. 0433 98 11 16 off the temper text. Just the last one, though. Grace Kim. 
uh, on the secondary uh, women's tour on the US. Now, I spoke about her last week when I said that I'd been commentating the New South Wales uh, regional events in the lead-up to the New South Wales Open, the regional series. Second event, uh, Daniel Gale, who won it, one-shot win over Grace Kim in her first event as a pro, pushed him all the way. Some of the best approach shot golf I, I have seen um, is just about to be able to clinch her tour card, is mm. she not? Oh, absolutely, yeah. She's. I first saw, saw her when she was runner-up at the WPGA Championship at Royal Queensland. I thought, this girl can mm. have some serious game. It's yep. unbelievable. She's having a fantastic season. She finished third last week at the, get this, the Firekeepers Casino Hotel Championship. Now, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but she finished third. It's the third top five. Fair engraving to put on a trophy. She had a win earlier back in May, and she's number three on the money list, top ten. Get you your card on the LPGA Tour. We've also got a couple of other players pretty close. Gabby Ruffles is sitting in 14th position and Sarah Jane Smith in 15th. So we might get three promotions in the Aussie ranks if the other two get a bit of a move on. There's about nine events left, so plenty of time. Beautifully done. This is Off The Tee. Nick Ahern, Sam Hargraves, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to ring up for a chat, anything you'd like to put on the agenda. But there was a massive announcement today for what next year's PGA Tour is going to look like. And if you don't think that Live Golf is just putting the wind up the PGA, then you are going to want to stick around to hear the numbers that are being thrown around for next year in terms of prize money and a whole new-looking schedule. That's next on Off The Tee, SEN. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. A very big story breaking in the world of golf today, and that is how next year's PGA Tour season will look, the 2022-2023 season, uh, with the effects of live being felt and uh, the threat that it poses being well, more and more, taken more and more seriously, um, Nick Ahern, the PGA Today announcing, and these are in Australian dollars, that uh, for next season they will offer a record $590 million uh, in prize money, a massive boost from what it's been, but uh, they boosted the prize money at eight invitational tournaments as well, with the Players' Championship set to pay out 35 mil and will offer $206 million in bonus money, including $107 mil for FedEx Cup playoffs, which will be trimmed to 70 players from the current 125. This is... Mm. This is They're swinging for the fences, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> when you read this today, what was the first thing that jumped into your mind? Well, I was, I was blown away. I mean, I really was. But they're, they're up in the ante now. It depends on who you talk to. I've, I've heard some people say that, that they've had this in the works for a while. And the whole live golf scenario has has really um, sped up the process, uh, I, I guess you could say. Uh, I mean, I have what it is in U.S. dollars because I was reading something. I'm still sort of because I lived in America for so long. I almost yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking in U.S. dollars. Basically. Far away with the money that you've got in front the, of you. The interesting thing for me was, you know, it came out as 415 million U.S. for mm. for the for the total prize money. Live golf. Their total prize money next season in the in the in the series is four hundred and five million. So they've gone ten million above it just to yeah. say, "Hey, boys, we've, yeah. we've got some cash in the coffers here, right?" Yeah, and they are going to more events next year. Live, they'll go from eight to yeah. fourteen. But so that, that's still a lot less than the PGA. That, well, the interesting thing is, I mean, the PGA they've got uh, forty-four weeks of the year is what they'll be playing. I believe mm. there's forty-seven events because, but maybe three or four of those weeks they have double events. You know, they have they have two mm. at the same time. Um, so it's still a massive schedule. I mean, it would have been great, I think, to get that down to about 40, which, which would really help us here in Australia. If we can, we can have that breathing room at the end of the year for some of the players to come back down 
and and be able to play here in Australia, that play in the US. They're going to have that, though, in the way that they're probably going to structure the year next year, that is, not this year. But And, and that has a lot to do with the wraparound season. So that's going to end. So uh, this year it will be the wraparound season again. They'll start it up after the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then 2023, at the end of 2023, then they're going to stop it and then they'll go calendar for calendar year, basically, mm. which will help the Aussie season, I think, because then the guys can then come back down and, and play these events. But the big one as well, on top of this $415 million is the bonus money. There's $145 million US dollars in bonus money for these players. How do they earn that bonus money? So it's broken up into a few different sections. The FedEx Cup, at the end of the regular season, they give $20 million to the top 10 players on the FedEx Cup standings, as, as is. That's before they get into the... FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, the seventy-five million US dollars—that's for the FedEx Cup. So, at the end of those three events that they hold, or four events in, in this year, it will be three events next year. Then they dish out seventy-five million dollars to seventy players because it's going to be cut down from one hundred and twenty-five players that make yep. the FedEx Cup this year. Next year, it's going to be seventy players. So they're trimming that, which I think is a great initiative. The other $50 million that's left over is called PIP money or Player Impact Program money. Now, that's the interesting right. one. That's okay. the real, <laughs> okay. very interesting. Like this year, it, it, there was a great, uh, you know, when before Phil Mickelson was, you know, causing what he was doing and causing a bit of trouble, he claimed that he won the PIP money, which has to do with uh, contrib- contribution to the game through social media, through Growing the game, that's a massive term used these yeah, days. so your and impact it, on spreading yeah, the good word. Exactly, yeah. Right. And Phil's come out and said, yep, I won the pip. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turned out, apparently he didn't. But Tiger How Woods, do they measure it? Well, exactly. I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. And and the PGA Tour doesn't. Basically, what they do is they take their top 10 guys and they say, Here, here's, here's uh, what are we going to spread out? Here's $50 million, uh, guys. Just, just take it amongst mm. yourselves. So... It's a fascinating bonus pool that they've got going. So let me ask you this. If the PGA are able to do this, why haven't they been doing this? I mean, from a footy background and cricket background, we know that they get X amount of the overall game revenue. That's part of their negotiation. uh, That is part of their uh, CBA, that that they get, whether it be uh, around uh, 25 to 30%, depending on which sport it is. Um, It's often been a criticism of the PGA that for all the money they make, Yes, it looks like the players get paid so well, but the percentage of the overall revenue is quite low. Mm. But they do donate a lot of money to charity. You've got to remember that. They've raised billions of dollars for yep. charity over there. Then you've also got the retirement fund. That's another part that we don't really hear too much about as well. There's a lot of money going to these players' retirement funds, which is a whole other conversation. But the interesting thing with the tour is they haven't had any competitors until mm. now. All of a sudden, you've got this breakaway, well, golf league is what they're calling it, and it is a competitor, and they're throwing down the gun saying, you know, why don't we take the best players? Well, they haven't got the best players in the world. They've got former name players that we've all heard of. If you look at the best players in the world, they're all staying with the PGA Tour at the moment. The only highest ranked player you could say is Dustin Johnson. who might still be top 20 in the world, I believe. But other than that, they haven't got many of the top players. Talent-wise, they've got a lot of great name players like yeah, Nicholson Deschambeau, and Gar- Garcia. Kepka, yeah. Deschamps- yeah, you just named a few. You know, players that actually move the needles uh, in mm. a way. And that's who Norman's been targeted. They've been very strategic as Patrick to how they've Reed done it. Reed is another. Oh, he's a... Yeah, we don't he get me started. <laughs> he, it's which, up to you whether you like the way yeah. he moves it, but it certainly, he, he certainly moves it. He may move the shovel too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've got these players that are controversial, perfect for um, 
perfect for for the league, I, I guess you could say. Yeah. But the, and the PGA Tour of it was a bold announcement. Um, Jay Monahan, the the commissioner, has taken a lot of heat in recent times as to not speaking out as much and and not doing enough for the players. There was a you know, one of the most fascinating things I saw today when this new schedule came out was there is a young uh, PGA Tour player over there. He's in his mid-20s called James Hahn. And he came out on Twitter and said, have a look at this schedule. I can't believe we've got to go from, uh, let me have a look here. It says from Vegas. I've got to play Las Vegas. Next week I'm in Japan. Then I'm in South Carolina. Then Bermuda. Then Mexico. They should be having these tournaments in major cities where they have NFL teams, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and all this. And I've got to travel all over the world to do this. And I, I honestly, I sat there and I thought, you greedy. I won't, you know, say what I was <laughs> going to say. But anyway, I, I tweeted something back saying, you know, you can take three of those weeks off if you want. I mean, you don't have to go and play them. You can choose whatever you want yeah. to do. And he got pretty much, you know, roasted on, on Twitter for his, you know, Did he crying. Respond to you? Crying poor. No, of course not. There was a lot of comments like from the LPGA. You know, players. They were Ooh, they were going. Yeah. Uh, you should try playing the LPGA tour. Yeah. We travel all over the world. Former players. I mean, myself included. Oh, I, I lot, didn't lot less, say yeah. anything. I travelled the world for many, many years. He doesn't. Know, I mean, he thinks a long flight is from South Carolina to to Bermuda, which is just a few hours off the coast. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So they they don't have a sense of uh, you know of, of what it's like to play a global tour, so to speak. But at the same time, you know, this money is just amazingly. How, how much it's gone up is incredible. A lot of the events that were twelve million, like uh, Riviera, uh, Bay Hill, the match play, they've gone from twelve million dollars up to twenty million dollars. When I was playing yep. the tour over there, they were around three to five million dollars. Wow! So the the twenty twenty two twenty three twenty three season is going to have forty seven tournaments, three playoff events uh, next August. That field of seventy you mentioned at the St Jude's Championship in Memphis, fifty at the BMW Championship in Chicago, and the top thirty in points advancing to the season ending tour championship at East Lake uh, in Atlanta. Um, it's worth reading up on this. I mean, even the St. Jude and the BMW seeing prize money go from $21 million to $28 million. Uh, the Tournament of Champions purse is going to go from 12 to $21. Um, four events will see prize money jump from 17 to 28 The Genesis, hosted by Tiger. The Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. The Jack Nicholas uh, hosted Memorial in June. The WGC Match Play in March. Um, prize money is going to jump from 28 to 35 for the Players' Championship mm. in March. <laughs> I mean, these are significant numbers. Now, before we get... Is it enough? If you are someone who's almost out the door... So, Cam Smith, there are still... TMZ Sport yeah. is still saying he's more likely than not likely to mm-hmm. go, to live. Is this enough to just put a little handbrake on you heading out the door and think, oh... oh well, should I go? Should yeah. I? Well, I, you know what? I, I really... well. When I say I really like, it's almost they're, they're copying the live model in a way. So the one thing which is very interesting is, mm. so they've, they've shortened the, the FedEx Cup from 125 to 70. That, that, that's what makes the FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, if you make it through to the second week, if you're the top 50 FedEx Cup players, you are then exempt for what they're calling an international series. So after the FedEx Cup finishes, they're going to run a series of about eight events yep. where all these 50 players play for a boatload of money, no cut, and guess what? Eh, 50 players is not so far off the 48, which is happening in Live Golf. It's basically almost the same format as what Liv's doing. And and that, I think, for those top players, those top 50 guys, that could say, you know what? Yeah, I think this sounds pretty good. Yeah, because that's, I mean, Live Golf at the moment is eight events where there is no cut. Um, it's not a 72. It's a three-day they're three day events. Um, 54 holes. You The bottom earning, the, whoever comes last, like Jed Morgan has just done at the uh, at the Bedminster. Um, uh, just under, I think, one hundred and fifty thousand, mm. roughly, uh, Australian. Uh, 
You could have done that, right? <laughs> come last. Well, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to come last every weekend yeah. for 150 grand. Yeah, I get it. Um, Travis Smythe, and we're going to talk more about Liv. He's played three events, hasn't gone higher than 22nd. He's made so far from Liv just under a million dollars. But he was talking today, has copped a ton of abuse uh, on social media. So it is, it is, you're 100% right. This is responding to Liv with essentially providing their own Liv at the end of the year if you're in the top 50. Mm. So the incentive is there. Just a matter of how much golf you want to play, 47 events to start with as opposed to 14 events and then how you would yeah and and the interesting you know we'll, we'll talk about live in a, in a minute as to what their plans are as well but that's the nature of golf in my mind mm. is it's a it's a competition and it's like you you know you um you 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 eat what you kill basically so if you can yeah. go out there and play good golf you're going to be rewarded now if you're not good enough well that's the thing about professional golf i'm sorry but yeah what i was saying earlier if you don't shoot six under, you're missing the cut. Yeah. Now, that can put a lot of people off, but it can also, for a lot of people, go, well, i just got to work harder. And the curious thing is going to be, as we go to a break on Off the Tee, if you are just going to play live, well, eight or 14 events, how well is your game going to be kept in order? There is, I think some will find that, oh, yeah, more time with the family and things like that. Yeah, you're going to make a boatload, but how good is your game going to be if you're not playing every week? Yeah, and, and there's no, not that there's no incentive to play well, mm. uh, but if you finish last, you still get paid. Yeah. Um, you know, Patrick Reed, he is loving it at the moment. He's, <laughs> he's been in the... Uh, Phil, Phil has not had a good round, and he's the highest paid person in golf yeah, at the minute. Yeah, but the other, per, sorry, the other person I was going to mention, Pat Perez, he's been yep. in the winning team the last two events, and he's taken home almost a couple of million US dollars, and he's played terrible. So he's loving it. We're going to talk more live on the other side of this and off the team. Nick Ahern, Sam Hargraves, 0433981116. To give us your thoughts, we'll reveal to you the eye-watering amount that Tiger Woods was offered to join the Rebel Tour after this. Off the tee, SEN. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Uh, you can get involved, 0433981116. This is Off the Tee. Nick O'Hearn, Sam Hargraves with you. Uh, the third live event um, was uh, run and won over the weekend. But just before we get into that, and you're going to actually explain the format in which these tournaments are played, teams, individuals, how it all mm. works. The amount of money. So we understand <laughs> that Tiger Woods has earned from the PGA alone over $120 million on the all-time list. He's number one. I think he's about $30 mil, maybe more clear of Phil Mickelson. Already a billionaire through endorsements and all kinds of things, we're led to believe. So the, in, the money in US, 700 to $800 million. So Greg Norman confirmed this during the week, uh, speaking to Fox News or something like that which would have been 1.1 billion Australian that he was offered to defect and join the Live Tour. Now, few have been critical. Few have been as critical of that tour as Tiger. Bryson Shambo said he hasn't actually spoken to Tiger. Tiger won't speak to him since he signed up. Um, that is extraordinary. That is, like, that beggar's belief that just to come, just to come, a billion, <laughs> a billion dollars just to sign. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, it's but, crazy he doesn't do it. Justice, but, Nick. Tiger is the ultimate needle mover. Yeah. And when you when you have a unlimited source of funds, um, I, I'm surprised it wasn't a billion US dollars. To be honest, I mean, why not round it off? It's seven to eight hundred million. That is, that's insane amounts of money, isn't it? I mean, it's just unheard of. I've I heard an interesting one recently because one of the players they're talking about, 
that will capture the Asian market is Hideki Matsuyama from Japan. Mm. I've heard he's in the region of 400 million US, which is at least double of anyone else. I think Phil maybe was 200, I believe. Yep. Uh, DJ was probably around the 150, 120. Same with Bryson. Around that as well. Brooks probably over 100 million. I mean, that is a lot of money. 400 million. Before you've even swung a golf club. Yes. Yeah, that's that's just to sign up, and then you get to play for, well, $20 million per week and $4 million winner's check if you can uh, beat everyone else, as Henrik Stenson did recently. Yeah, had an 11-under win over Matt Wolfe. Uh, Dustin Johnson came in third. Carlos Ortiz, Patrick Reed uh, rounded out the top five, and then Casey Garcia, um, Westwood, all in the top ten. Brooks Kepka just outside. Um it was a circus of an event oh. at Bedminster. Trump, Trump played. Of course, he was going to play in the Pro-Am. Uh, the, there was four people that shouted four more years, and Trump <laughs> sort of thought about it as a, he'd had a victory. Uh, there were players that got heckled. from the So people turned up mm. to heckle the players that had signed up to be part of this tournament. Well, it was a Trump event, so you wouldn't expect anything. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, I, I think, and it's interesting how they've partnered with Trump on, on some of these golf courses uh, because... This course was meant to have the PGA Championship this year. Mm. Uh, instead, it went to Southern Hills, which mm. is one of the majors, all because of the Capitol building uprising. Yeah. So they stripped him of that. Mm. Ever since he put his name to Turnbury in the UK, no open championship is going back there until the name is removed. So Trump and the golf tours in the world, they have... Um, not not the most friendly relationship. You, Him you and say. sport. <laughs> Any time he has dipped his toe in sport, it has ended disastrously. Go oh, back that's... and look at XFL. Uh, he, he, every time he has dipped his toe in the sporting landscape, it has not ended well. I, I heard his comment of there's never been a better golf president um, other than me. I, I'm the best president golfer there is. I mean, hey, why wouldn't you say it, I suppose? And when I saw the swing, I thought... Geez, there must be a lot of bad uh, president golfers because that swing is pretty movement. ugly. <laughs> a lot of knee movement. And yeah, I don't know how many mulligans doing? they take yeah, as well, I the presidents, know. right? Yeah, uh, but then um, again, you know, uh, Kim Jong-il said this, says the same thing. But he shot 54 or <laughs> something, did. is that right? Yeah, has yeah. every course record in North <laughs> Korea. Um, explain right. the format. Yeah. By the way, Henrik Stenson, uh, that's a fair turnaround from being dumped as Ryder Cup oh. captain for signing with Liv, and then you win the first tournament you're playing. Um uh, They've got a lot of the European guys, which is essentially almost their team. You know, Polter, Westwood, Garcia, Kaima, Casey. Mm. Former team, anyway. I don't Former think team. those players would probably qualify at the moment, no, give, not, given not their the moment, form. But they have, yeah. and, and it's yeah, a bit of a who's who. And, but for Henrik, um, you know, we'll get to the format in a minute. But interestingly with Henrik, you know, he signed back in March to become the Ryder Cup captain, mm. which is a huge honour amongst the Europeans. I, I played many years over there. You know, I saw firsthand what the Ryder Cup was all about, the passion that those golfers had for it. Mm. And I've known Henrik for a long time, and he's a lovely guy. And I lost some respect for him, to be honest, for for, for going, because the captaincy means so much. And in a yeah. way, I have a feeling he leveraged it, you know, to, to add probably an extra $20 million onto his onto his contract that he probably would, because you just know that Liv Golf were targeting the Ryder Cup captain. Just to say that we can, we can take anyone. Yeah. We can take anyone. And for him to come out and play that, way you know after everything going on it motivated him i'm sure and he played some beautiful golf i mean he really did in his comment afterwards i don't know if you heard the comment but he says well i played like a captain didn't i <laughs> oh bang bang that is salty uh explain the format of how so the, these tournaments work okay so the format is this there's 48 players 12 teams of four there is a captain of each team there's no rhyme or reason to the teams that's the one thing i figured out early on they were talking about it being 
uh, a draft system where you could re- recruit players and things like that. But that really hasn't worked. They've just picked and choose whoever they wanted and sort of some of the teams, there's four Americans, some there's four Aussies, there's four Japanese players, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et we'll go through those names shortly. But 48 players, 12 teams of four. There's an individual event where they play for $20 million and a team event where they play for $5 million. The team element is the interesting part with this because I think that really has some, some, some legs to it. The individual it doesn't really do a lot for me because no one, you know, it's, it's a weird sense of does this shot really matter because they're all getting paid boatloads for just showing up. There's no cut. That's the other big thing. There's no cut in the event, so there's no incentive to grind it out, I suppose. If you're not playing that well, you know you're going to get your minimum of one hundred and twenty dollars or $150,000 at the end of the week. Um, the other interesting part is the shotgun start. So they all tee off at the same time, and some of the players love it because they say, well, there's no luck of the draw. You know, if you get the, the oily wave or the morning wave or the mm. afternoon wave, that doesn't mean much here because they all start at the same time. I'm going to be interested to see when a leader or the winner of the tournament finishes off on the 16th hole or on the fourth hole or something like that rather than the 18th. They've been lucky so far that the third, sorry, the second round leader, because it's only 54 holes, it's not 72 holes, the second round leader has been in the last group each time and has gone on to win. So they've had that person finishing on the 18th hole. So it's unusual. It's an interesting format. The the whole situation around world golf rankings, that's going to be the interesting part as well. Still no decision yet. So I want to leave en- enough time to get back with your mm. tip. So just quickly, the, the names as we go through the oh, nibblicks. Yeah. Um, the Nibblicks. The Fireballs, which have got Sergio Garcia, Abraham Anser, uh, Ortiz. The High Flyers, which are Mickelson, um, is in that. Wolf's in that as well. The Aces, who have won again. Four Aces. Don't yeah, forget. The, 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 sorry, the Called Four Aces. The Four Aces. The four aces. <laughs> Johnson, Reed, Gooch, and, and Perez. The Aussie team, Punch, GC, mm-hmm. Ormsby, Jones, Smythe, uh, and Morgan. Um, and then Smash, GC, Kepka is in that one. Uh, is that his brother, Chase? His brother, yeah. yeah. Um, those are just some of the teams. The Majestics, Lee Westwood, oh, Ian Poulter, yeah. Henrik Stenson's in that, Sam Horsfield. What do some of these which, names mean? Which is your favourite, by the way? I mean, there's well, the Majestics, the Crushes. The Crushes. DeChambeau, mm. Casey, Howell, the third. Yeah. I think the Majestics has just a terrible ring to it. Uh, the Ironheads, what about that one? That's a beauty with Kevin Nah, And then two names I can't pronounce and Scott Vincent. Uh, he's another one in there. So Stinger. Don't mind that, but that's a South African team. You've got Oosthausen, mm. Schwarzel, Grace, and, and Duplessis. Um, they are fascinating. And I was reading through it the other day, and I saw, okay, they have a description for every team, which is an interesting one. Now, okay. Punch, Team Punch, which is the Aussie yes. description. I have no idea what any of this means, but it just says, there is nothing normal about the punch shot. It's not really a shot at all, but rather a long, hard chip. It can be used with a variety of clubs. Swing adjustments are needed. Adapt and thrive. And just like in boxing... Effective punch shots can deliver winning results. That's the description for Team Punch. The aces, the ultimate shot in golf on most courses, you get four chances each round. While four aces means a great hand in poker, four aces in a single round of golf would defy all odds. A practical impossibility. Still, we can dream. So this team essentially is an impossibility and a dream. (laughs) It's great, isn't it? And and they're winning. That's the interesting thing. They've won the last two events. And as I said, Pat Perez is laughing because he's got three absolute studs on his team and And he's playing terrible. (laughs) has done nothing to contribute. But the thing I'm I'm really impressed with Liv is, is they are changing they are you know evolving week to week they're improving on little bits and pieces here and there i've watched mm. a little bit of the coverage you know, it's you know there's it's an hour long of well sorry not an hour long but uh, there is no commercials because it's all on youtube and you're just seeing lots and lots of golf so in that way it's good but unfortunately there is no um meaning to a lot of the golf which is no. the unfortunate thing you can't build the event uh you know if you're on the fourth or fifth hole you 
some people are on the 17th, but they're still playing the same amount of holes, and it's hard to figure out what's going on. It's still, uh, there's so much still to play out with this in terms of do they get world rankings? Will mm. they get a broadcast partner? Will the women, will they sign up a women's tour? Will that be in conjunction with the LPGA who said they're open to that? Who else will they sign? So it is going to provide us with a heap to talk about. Uh, we need to give enough time for you to give us your tip uh, for the week, uh, all from your brand new book, uh, of course, uh, How to Play Your Best Golf. From Nick Ahern, it's out now. We will get his tip on the other side of this on Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick Ohern and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. We finish off this week like we do every week on Off The Tee. The book is called How To Play Your Best Golf Strategies From A Tour Pro. It is Nick Ahern's new book, and he's been gracious enough each week to provide us a tip from those pages. What are we doing this week, Nick? Well, we thought we'd talk a bit about Tony Fee now because he's on this role, isn't mm. he? He's found the secret in his game. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. There you go. There's a good word I'll, for it. I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, he, when he won last week's event, he didn't close it out, you know, all that well. He hit a couple of ordinary shots coming down the stretch. But I did notice this week when he got the lead, he maintained his rhythm. And he just had this lovely rhythm and tempo to him down the stretch, especially on the back nine. And interestingly enough with Tony, he has a very fast tempo to his game. He swings the club quickly. His putting strokes quite quick. Uh, but the thing that you need to be consistent with is to maintain that tempo and have a nice rhythm to it. So his rhythm is quite fast back and through, but he does maintain it, especially down the stretch when it's when it can change. Because that's what I notice with a lot of golfers when they go under pressure, their rhythm and tempo changes. They if they're fast players, they get a bit slow and they take too long. Or if they're quick, if they're slow players, then they take too you know not enough time. Basically, the best at it was Tiger Woods. You could watch him and you'd go. He played the fourth hole exactly the same way, and he played the eight, 18th hole mm. on a Sunday, you know, coming down the stretch. And just to maintain your rhythm and tempo in those pressure moments, that's the real key to it. Figure out what yours is and try and stick to it. Isn't that what they pointed to at 96 with Norman at the Masters, that he changed his hole, how many times he changed his grip, how long he yeah. stayed over the ball, everything, everything yeah. changed. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great tip, how to play your best golf. Tips from a tour pro. Uh, the book is out now. It is Nick Ahern's new book. He will be back with us next week on Off the Tee, and we'll hope to have a chat to you then. Uh, what are you looking forward to as we say goodbye, Nick, uh, from golf this week? Oh, the Women's Open Championship. I, yep. I can't wait to see how Murfield plays and to see another Aussie major winner, hopefully. Well, as I said before, 1993. Um, that was when we last had two Aussies win, both the Men's Open and the Women's Open. Back then, it was Karen Lund uh, and Greg Norman. Mm-hmm. So we've got four Aussies, so make sure you tune into that. Minji Lee, world number two. Hannah Green, world number 17. Steph Kiriakou, uh, the Victorian, and Whitney Hillier, as well, it could be another really special weekend uh, for golf uh, by an Australian. Until next week, Nick, we'll see you then. All right. Thanks, Sam. This has been Off the Tee. If you missed anything, it's going to be up on the podcast at sen.com.au. Until next week. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.